Hi, I'm meteorologist Steve Pelletieri, and I am the weatherman. Thank you for tuning in to episode number two of my podcast. And today we're going to talk about the hurricane season starting out. And May 3rd through May 10th was Hurricane Awareness Week. I am what's called a National Weather Service ambassador, uh, Weather Ready Nation ambassador. And with that in mind, what I try to do is I try to get out to the general public all the information that the National Weather Service is talking about. And right now they are talking about the imposing or I suppose upcoming hurricane season that will be starting officially on June 1st. So again, I said I'm a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. You contact the National Weather Service, tell them about your credentials, what you've been doing, who you talk to, and they make that determination. They say, hey, that's a great idea. Uh, You can get the information out uh, along with all the other folks who are out there doing weather information. So about the Weather Ready Nation Ambassadors, the Weather Ready Nation Ambassador Initiative is the National Oceanographic or Atmospheric Administration's, that's called NOAA, effort to formally recognize NOAA partners who are improving the nation's readiness, responsiveness, and overall resilience against extreme weather. What kind of extreme weather? You know, it has something to do with water, too much water, flooding, tornadoes, hurricanes, anything that's severe when it comes to weather. Of course, a lot of places have strong winds are also a problem, like out at the uh, West Coast where they have Santa Ana winds, or very hot, dry winds that come down the slope of a mountain, and uh, also just to make fire uh, prevention or fire containment out on the West Coast that much harder. As a weather-ready nation ambassador, partners commit to working with NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, and other ambassadors to strengthen national resilience. Now, this is against extreme weather. In other words, you have to tell folks that this is going to happen, be prepared, this is what to expect, so on and so forth. So, in effect, the WRN Ambassadors, Weather Ready Nation Ambassador Initiative, helps unify the efforts across government and nonprofits, also academia and private industry as well. And of course, in my line of work, I work with a lot of private industry, and those are basically one of the ways that I continue to do what I do. I work with the private sector for the most part. Now, the Weather Ready Nation Ambassador is a strategic outcome where society's response should be equal to the risk of all extreme weather, including water like floods and climate hazards like tornadoes, hurricanes, and strong winds. So keep in mind, when I talk of the WRN ambassador, what I'm talking about is the Weather Ready Nation ambassador. And we're going to be talking about why we do it and how we get that information out to the general public and to all concerns involved. Weather Ready Nations, WRN ambassadors, serve a pivotal role in affecting societal change. Well, at least we hope we do. Helping to build a nation that is ready, responsive, and resilient to the impacts of extreme weather and water events. Now, they just don't give it to anybody. To be officially recognized as a WRN ambassador, an organization must commit to promoting weather-ready nation messages as well as themes to their stakeholders. My stakeholders would be the general public here in central northern New Jersey and southeast New York and New York City. And I have to engage with NOAA personnel on potential collaboration opportunities. I do that often. I have been to over 19 different National Weather Service forecast offices across the United States, along with the National Centers for Environmental Prediction down in College Park, Maryland, the University of Maryland there, a very prestigious area where a lot of numerical prediction is being done. And I share their success stories of preparedness and resiliency And we also serve as examples by educating people, employees, 
and those in the workplace for preparedness because most of the time, especially in the middle to later afternoon hours out in the Midwest, tornadoes are a big problem. Could happen late afternoon, evening hours as those strong storms move on through. We need to give them the information they need to stay safe. Now, as a WRN Weather Ready Nation ambassador, I need to serve as a change agent and a leader in the community to some degree. Now, I am, I've always said this, a minor uh, celebrity in central and northern New Jersey, southeast New York, very minor. But I have enough client base, uh, enough people who listen to me on local and uh, mid-range radio and also on the internet that... I am able to affect a lot more people than just any common person. So I try to inspire others to be better informed and prepared, helping to minimize or even avoid the impacts of the natural disasters. Now, in the East, natural disasters are usually coastal flooding, very light tornadoes, what we call Force Zero, Force One, Force Two. We'll get that in another podcast. But basically, the strong straight line winds with cold fronts moving through. And of course, uh, coastal storms. The most intense or significant coastal storm of recent history is Superstorm Sandy that affected New Jersey and New York City and most of the Mid-Atlantic and Northeast, and that occurred on October 22nd, 2012. So that was a big one. Also, Hurricane Irene caused massive amounts of flooding with torrential rains, and that occurred on uh, August 21st, 2011. So in an effort to extend the WRN initiative, as far as informing people, I've tried to provide outreach content about creating a weather-ready nation. And how do I do that? I explore initiative approaches to collaboration with any organization. Sometimes I go out to lawyer groups. I did that last year back in June in New Jersey. Also in New York, we did some liability, weather liability seminars, along with landscaper seminars as well. In Pennsylvania, because of the radio, we do radio interviews, uh, in-person seminars with law groups, also with township committees and uh, township planning boards, all of this to inform the public and deal with severe weather. I also try to get in touch with some of the local people, township committees, mayors, so on and so forth, to assist in storm-ready opportunities for those communities. I'm telling them what's available from the National Weather Service. A lot of public works departments already are in tune with the National Weather Service. Uh, the problem in New Jersey is twofold. That means we have two offices that affect us. Uh, the northern portion of the state, north and east portion of the state, is handled by up to New York, and as, as I mentioned earlier, and also the uh, southern, western, and southern portions of New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. The National Weather Service Forecast Office of Philadelphia that's also in Mount Holly. Actually, it's in Mount Holly, but it represents Philadelphia and New Jersey. Kind of silly seeing that it is in Mount Holly, New Jersey, but then again, the New York Giants and Jets are at the Meadowlands, New Jersey. So we have to recognize the organization as a WRN ambassador and share the logos uh, so that folks know that they have at least listened to. I mean, it's, it's really important in the community to say, hey, we had this guy come by, he talked to us about getting ready for any flooding and any severe storms and uh, winds that we might be expecting here in the east. And in uh, our section of the country, in uh, New Jersey, in the northeast, where straight line winds along with flooding is as a big potential. Not a lot of it happening right now, but there was a period of time where the uh, Passaic River in central and northern New Jersey causes a tremendous amount of flooding. And, of course, um, we had that in our only local community here in Denville, New Jersey, where within a few years we had uh, flooding from not only strong storms, 
but also from uh, Tropical Storm or Hurricane Irene that affected the area as well. Now, I have to keep in mind, building a weather-ready nation requires more than the government alone, and that's why I'm doing it. That's why I help out. I'm a private citizen, never worked for the federal government. I did a lot of volunteering for the federal government. I am an honorary colonel in the U.S. Army. Although they were a client, I worked with the ERADCOM unit down in Maryland, which was an aviation unit based at Morristown Airport, along with Picatinny Arsenal, which was a, a client of mine, along with Edgewood Army Arsenal in Maryland, the Quantico, Virginia Marine Base, which worked in concert with Picatinny Edgewood and uh, was a significant customer base of mine. It did a lot of extra work for that organization. Building a weather-ready nation requires more than the U.S. government alone or the state government or the county government or whatever. It requires the entire weather enterprise to provide information for a better community. Now, what is the weather enterprise? Well, in the Northeast here, we're in what's called the New York Megapolis. That's a area, even though it's New York State, which is New York City, and then New Jersey or North Jersey or Northeast New Jersey and Philadelphia and Maryland and D.C. That's a megapolis. It's an area where a lot of people live. So in those areas there, this is where we try to get this information out to the maximum amount of people in a small area, high concentration of people in those places. We try to involve everyone in an effort to move people and society towards heating warnings. That's the most important thing. Um, you've probably seen some movies sometimes of uh, folks having hurricane parties or other people just hunkering down and saying, well, the uh, weatherman is always wrong. So they just don't make the information towards, towards heating warnings. Like you've probably heard of hurricane parties that they used to have down on the Gulf Coast and South and Florida where instead of just heating warnings, what they do is have a party and just get smashed. And, of course, a lot of that, or many times, that ended up in disaster. So we try to get away from that. Uh, must uh, involve everyone in the effort to move people and society towards those heating warnings and taking action and influencing the circles of family. In other words, you tell one person, you got to say, hey, you got to tell the other folks, too, that when you hear a warning or a watch, you got to take it serious. Pretty much like... Everybody is taking this whole COVID thing right now very, very seriously because obviously you need to take it seriously. But again, when it comes to weather and hurricanes and things that really can go bad, maybe not through, you know, shaking hands or interaction or, or being in a room with somebody who has something, but the weather comes by and all of a sudden wants to take down a tree. The tree goes into your house. You're in the house and maybe the power goes out or somebody gets hurt. All these different things are very, very important, and they happen because of weather. So you can't discount them. You have to take them just as seriously as you're doing the uh, COVID-19, and you're staying safe, you're staying home, and and, and making sure that we can uh, contain this so that we can go on and uh, do the best that we can over future months. Just some final notes on the WRN Ambassador Initiative. It's connecting a vast hub of... Federal, state, local government, emergency managers and city plans, researchers, me, the media, and insurance industry, and also nonprofits you know, in the private sector that will get together and work together to address the impacts of extreme weather on daily life. Can't take it uh, lightly. You really have to take it seriously. So together we inform and empower communities, businesses, and people to make uh, pre-event decisions that can save uh, lives, life-saving, and limited devastation economic losses. So we're a nation of many communities, many nations, believe it or not. The Northeast is one type of folks. Southeast is another. The Gulf Coast is another. The Midwest is another. 
the Northern Plains, another way of thinking, another way of doing things. The Rockies, the desert southwest, the west coast, all have different ways of thinking about life. So it's important for us to also transmit this information to everybody so that we can get weather information, emergency weather information out to you that's appropriate for your area and that you can go on with your life as best as possible. So together, we'll inform and empower communities of all of this. So if anybody wants to be a weather-ready nation ambassador, uh, all you have to do is, uh, for this point, uh, apply. You can go to www.weather.gov forward slash WRN for Weather Ready Nation and forward slash ambassadors, and you can probably get involved that way, but it's pretty good. I just wanted to give you some insight of what a, what a Weather Ready Nation ambassador is. So with this in mind, then we can go on to the next topic, which is the Atlantic hurricane season of 2020, starting on June 1st, and I am charged with giving you the details of what's to come, sort of. Okay, so now that we have most of that out of the way, it's now time to talk about Hurricane Preparedness Week, May 3rd through 9th, 2020. The big kickoff, I'm informing you about the hurricane season started on Sunday, the 3rd of May. Uh, the threats from hurricanes to you and your family can vary widely depending on where you live. I, I understand that. If you live up in Maine, not a big deal. Dakota, no big deal, uh, even uh, up in Montana. But uh, if you're on the West Coast, there could be some effects from it. Of course, in New uh, Jersey, we have always the possibility of a storm going right up along the eastern seaboard, being close by, going over us, going to our east, so on and so forth. But the threats are the what we have to evaluate at any good time. So evaluate what we need to do to protect your home and family now in the event of something like that happens, especially along the east coast, the eastern portion of the U.S. and the southeast, is most paramount in terms of Hurricane Preparedness Week is concerned. Now, it's, it's, of course, I'm just saying it's not those along the coast that experience weather impacts. You have to evaluate your home and family to protect yourself, but especially with hurricanes. Before the first storm of the season, you want to know what to do, and you have to be prepared for that. So let's uh, look at some of those situations. Determining your risk. Okay, again, in determining your risk, hurricanes bring many hazards to U.S. coastlines and inland areas, including storm surge along the coast. There could also be some inland flooding in New Jersey and East PA. We also have that problem also in the city and also on the island. There is some highway and street flooding that you usually have to deal with when you have torrential rains. And some torrential rains from hurricanes can go between 5 and 10 inches of rain in like a 24-hour period. So it's really important. So uh, flooding due to heavy rainfall, tornadoes, strong winds, and rip currents, and even large waves when we talk about the South Shore Long Island and the Jersey Shore. So risk is really important. On Monday, May 4th, uh, you have to take some time, or they were promoting to take some time to prepare. Make sure you have hurricane evacuation plan. So Monday was a planning day. What are you going to do if there's going to be a, a hurricane up along the eastern seaboard or if something like this is going to happen, you know, I'm starting to feel that people nowadays are saying, you know, we really have to pay attention to some of these watches and warnings that are going on, considering the fact that they can affect our life in so many different ways, especially when we're dealing with COVID-19. You know, this type of thing is like, you know, it just came right upon us and it was very, very quick. And so we really needed to take care of uh, knowing what to do when something like this happens. How can we relate this to our current situation? 
Now, if you're in a hurricane evacuation zone or a home that could otherwise be unsafe in a hurricane, you have to think about that. What are your plans if we have the impending hurricane or storm affecting our area? You have to think ahead and plan. You have to develop an evacuation plan in regards to hurricanes or storms. A lot of times on the eastern seaboard, you'll see those signs on the roadway, the hurricane evacuation route. And I believe those signs are important. A lot of folks have thought this stuff out to make sure that you can get safely inland if in case a hurricane is happening up along the eastern seaboard. Now on Tuesday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, this is the day you think of assembling disaster supplies. Just having enough supplies to make it through a hurricane isn't enough. It just isn't. You need plenty of what could be a long recovery period. So... With COVID-19, we're going to have a recovery period after everybody takes off the mask and we're basically just air bumping everybody. And we used to hug everybody. No more. It's going to be a while before we really get back to normal. So that's a long recovery period. Same thing when it goes to hurricanes or severe storms in your region. Going to be a long recovery period. So you have to be aware of that. You have to be ready for it. Water or electricity could be out for a week or more. Interesting. When we had uh, Hurricane Irene, we were out for about a week up in northern New Jersey, up in Morris County. And also when we had Superstorm Standy, we were out for a week. One was because of water. The other one was because of more wind than water. But either way, it was a week. So you have to be ready for that whole week. So I know firsthand, even not dealing with hurricanes or dealing with tropical storms, these are important facts to keep in mind. You have to be ready for at least a week when it comes to these weather emergencies. There's another thing that's important. You have to have some extra cash or a battery-powered radio, flashlights, which means batteries, and a portable crank or solar-powered USB charger to charge your cell phones. A lot of times you don't have electricity. And I remember during both Hurricane Irene and Hurricane Superstorm Sandy, uh, we had a 10,000-watt generator going. A lot of folks weren't prepared. They had come over to charge their phones, maybe hook up an extension cord just to keep the basics further home going you'll also have to use alternate means of getting power like solar now there's some companies that you can use and in fact here is the company you might want to use it's four patriots the number four p-a-t-r-i-o-t-s patriot power cell they are located in nashville tennessee one of my favorite cities uh their number 1-800-304-4202 email is help at patriots for patriots the number four p-a-t-r-i-o-t-s dot com they will give you information on their cells to keep your phones going during emergencies these are the guys you need to call they are not clients of mine just yet but guess what i'm going to be calling them up there and saying hey i can uh, give you guys uh, some pretty good business for patriots.com 1-800-304-4204 for the times when the weather knocks us out i think the cdc says that just having enough supplies to make it through a hurricane isn't enough or a coastal storm or a tornado or something like that isn't enough you need to be you need to have plenty to get through it could be a long recovery period as we mentioned earlier so you should prepare for at least three days i think that's what the cdc says okay three days goes by pretty quickly but that's what you should plan for it's better to have a longer term plan probably a week or two Next, we want to look at insurance. Very important in weather events. So uh, during Hurricane Preparedness Week, uh, the National Weather Service, or NOAA, uh, is saying that, that you call your insurance company or agent ask if insurance checkup might be a good idea to make sure you have enough insurance to insure your home for repairs 
or even to replace your home. Now, uh, in the Northeast, as you go further inland, it's more of a situation of damage. When you go along the coast, it's more of a situation of a, of a home actually even being engulfed by water or by wind or by both. So you have to make sure that uh, you're dealing with that. And I, I'm not chalking right up on the immediate shoreline where they have problems with insurance. Anyway, I'm talking about further inland as well. I've seen that, especially during Superstorm Sandy. So you've got to keep that in mind. So whether you're a homeowner or a renter, you need to have a separate policy for insurance. Make sure that you're in good shape. There's one of the places that you can actually go to is called floodsmart.gov floodsmart f-l-o-o-d-s-m-a-r-t dot g-o-v and they will give you information that you need as far as getting an insurance checkup during hurricane awareness week or just about any time also keep in mind that during hurricane awareness week we're talking about strengthening your home as well now this is more so for coastal residents and folks in the southeast also florida gulf coast um you have to keep in mind that your home is in good repair and up to local hurricane building code and specifications. And you have to have the proper information and also the proper tools to deal with this. Plywood, steel, aluminum panels, all needed to board up windows and doors. Now remember the garage door is the most vulnerable part of a home, so you must be able to withstand high winds. So you can get more information on that from FEMA.gov forward slash what w-h-a-t dash mitigation they should just make it what make it easier for us to see but whole idea is can your home withstand a hurricane make sure it's up to local hurricane building code specifications and that that garage is the most vulnerable part of your home that is something you have to consider for hurricane awareness week next we deal with helping your neighbor very important remember not necessarily subscribing to the concept that we are raised by a village. Well, I was raised by my parents. The village around me was basically uh, a distraction, but it was my parents and my family that was most important. Uh, we have to consider that others around us, our neighbors, are family. So many Americans actually rely on their neighbors after a disaster. We had that when we had power. Or other folks weren't able to charge. They would come over and do it. If they needed some heat, if they needed some information, anybody who had anything, we're sharing. Even over COVID-19, we are sharing. I need hand sanitizer. I need masks. I need gloves. If you have them, you give them. If you don't have them, you don't give them. Anything you have that's extra and high tech, you give over to the hospitals and the first responders. It's what we do. You respond to the neighborhood. You respond to your neighbors, which is our local family. And we also contribute to folks all across the country to make sure that things are good, if not in material form, in monetary form. So there are many ways that you can help your neighbors before a hurricane approaches. If you know of somebody who is more elderly, maybe not able to understand the situation, tell them about it. Give them options. Tell them, hey, we're here if you need us. So learn about all the different actions of your community and so that you can take to prepare, recover, and help from the hazards associated with hurricanes and severe storms. I know this sounds a, a little weird, but <laughs> my father-in-law, great man, good friend also, uh, Jerry Mulvaney was the kind of guy who used to tell me all the time to write things down. I mean, this guy was a World War II vet. 
Uh, he was also a prisoner of war. Um, he made it through World War II along with his brother. He's from Minnesota, a really super guy. And as he went on further in life, although you might say he was a bit anal in things, that might be only because he learned to deal with situations as they were necessary, as he dealt with things doing what was necessary. One of his things was to write things down, to complete a written plan. And that's something that we want to discuss for severe storms and hurricane awardness week. The time to prepare for a hurricane is now. Maybe not if you live up in Erie, Pennsylvania, but if you're along the eastern seaboard, the Gulf Coast, so on and so forth, or even uh, over on the west coast, Baja, California, and in those sections where you have Pacific hurricanes, you really want to take care of preparing now. Once you're under pressure, having a written plan will take the guesswork out of what you need to do to protect you and your family. It's so simple. So know where you will get your supplies, where you're going to ride out the storm. You don't want to figure it out while it's happening. You want to know right then and there what to do. You don't want to be standing in long lines when a hurricane watch is issued. Like, uh, one of my, my wife always gives me a hard time because she says, you know, do we need all this? Do we need all this? Do we need all this? And I'm always thinking in the back of my mind, I say, you know, they, they teach me to be prepared for this stuff. So if we need extra supplies, I'm going to take them so that I don't have to have a hard time for her. You know what I do? I hide them. I hide them so that I know where they are. So when the time comes, we have them. During the COVID crisis right now, when we need masks, when we need gloves, when we need disinfectant, we need hand sanitizers, I have extra. I know where they are, and we can share with the community as well. But it's something you have to plan out. It just doesn't happen. So, again, complete a written plan of what you're going to do in order to get through a storm. These supplies that you will need will probably be sold out. And as they are, as you've seen right now, uh, all the things you really need, like toilet paper. Do you know why toilet paper is, is so hard to get a hold of? Because most people go to work. When they go to work, they use the facilities at work. When they're at work, they use the toilet paper at work. Nobody's using toilet paper at work, or a, a vast majority aren't. They're using it at home. So home toilet paper and, and, and paper products aren't available. But there's tons of work-related paper products available. That's why it happened. You have to... Be prepared. You have to think ahead. Hopefully, it'll never happen. Hopefully, you won't need them. But this is something that you have to look at. Complete a written plan. The time to prepare for a hurricane or severe weather is now, before it begins. Once you're under pressure, having that written plan will take the guesswork out of what you need to do to protect you and your family. Okay, remember, it only takes one storm to change your life and your community. Even if it's straight line winds from a, you know, a strong cold front or an F0 or F1 tornado that brings down the wires in your house and you're out for like a week. It only takes one storm to change your life and your community. So for more information on hurricanes and severe weather and hurricane safety, visit weather.gov forward slash safety forward slash hurricane. And if you do that, you will be on top of your game and you will be ready for just about anything. Okay, just uh, want to tell you, uh, I'm giving you this information. I know it might sound a little boring. It is a bit exciting, but I think it's more current. I mean, stop and think about it. We're dealing with COVID, lockdowns, people working from home. You have to get stuff. 
at the supermarket. You got to wear your mask. You have to have masks. You have to make masks. You have to have hand sanitizers. You have to have masks, gloves, social distancing. These are things that did you ever think of before? You never thought of them. You never thought this would ever happen, did you? Hey, we live in a great country. Honestly, do I mean I, I'm not gonna go? I'm not gonna give you a history lesson. I'm not gonna give you a geography or sociology or psychological lesson about the United States and all the advantages that we have. But if you only knew how lucky we are, to do this makes you luckier. It makes you smarter. It makes you more informed and most of all empowered. So keep all this information in mind. We're talking about. Hurricane Awareness Week, we really should have talked about what the National Weather Service and AccuWeather and the other private services are saying of how much hurricanes we're having. That's in our next podcast. But I think at first, especially for National Hurricane Preparedness Week, it's a good idea to get this information out to you. And that's why I'm here. And I hope that uh, you've gained a little bit of information. The easiest thing to think of, I mean, really, is what's happening to us right now. How... We have to do all these things. How we have shortages of this, that, or the other. This is like a long storm or hurricane. Can you imagine having this pandemic or having a hurricane or some severe weather? And with that in mind, how many hurricanes are we going to have this upcoming season? Is there a prediction? We'll talk about that with the next podcast. I'm meteorologist Steve Pelletieri, certified consultant meteorologist. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again real soon.